The following podcast will contain spoilers for all aired episodes in HBO's Game of Thrones and all published books in George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. I've never seen an episode of Downton Abbey, but that's what that scene seems like what Downton Abbey Downton Abbey is like to me. <laughs> Downton Arby's. Downton Abbey. <laughs> I want to watch that show. <laughs> I would watch that show. Downton Arby's. Lord and Lady Jamoka Shake. Welcome to the Vassals of Kingsgrave Dragoncast Edition. We are back this week to review the sixth episode of Game of Thrones at Season 6, Blood of My Blood, directed by Jack Bender and written by Brian Cogman. My name is Zach, also known as Alias on the Forums, and joining me for this review we have... This is Adam, also known as Drowned Snow on the podcast of Ice and Fire Forums. This is Greg, Claudius the Fool on the Forums. This is Katie, Lady Griffin on the Forums. This is Casey, Blue-Eyed Queen on the Forums. This is Bing, Shoeshiner on the Forums. This is Michal, Ink Azrain on the Forums. This is Small Paul, Sir General on the forums. Motherfucker, this is Varley pulling up the <laughs> rear. That is right. We have Matt in the back. Back, yes. So back again to review the sixth episode. Another episode, as we're getting accustomed to, full of reveals that we don't necessarily expect. Though I think a, a good amount of us are expected the big one in this case. But yeah, so what did you guys make of this episode? What did you think? Starting with you, Adam, how many lemon cakes would you give Blood of My Blood? I give this, I don't know, like uh, four Cold Hands Benjamin. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. It's It wasn't the best episode. It was definitely a, a, a transitional episode. But the last few episodes, I think, have been really good. And I think this is heading somewhere good. So I think looking back, this episode maybe will be um, will maybe be better. Okay. And Greg, uh, I definitely liked it better than last week. Still, I don't know what number to give it. I'll give this like a eh instead of a eh. Um, from for advanced, but yeah. the only thing I really couldn't stand was wow. that the whole, all the trailers. Like we've been led to believe there was going to be some you know clash between the Faith Militant and the Tyrells or the Lannisters, and it all just fizzled out. I didn't mm. expect it, and it was refreshing that I didn't know what the hell was happening. Like the characters didn't, but I wanted to see that. I expected the crowd to come in and just have some sort of you know melee going on, but nothing happened, and that was really disappointing. For me. No one died this episode, and we we at the Game of Thrones viewers expect <laughs> carnage. We want death and destruction and blood, right? All those whites so. died. You, you, you don't think of all those whites dying a second time, how terrifying it must be to die a second death? That doesn't count? I, I guess not. I guess it, I, I wasn't counting it. That was it was insensitive of me. I'm sorry. Sorry to all you whites out there. You fucking second deather. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, what did you think? I'll give it a four. I didn't think it was as good as last week's episode, but still, the for two consecutive weeks, I feel like the show has had a lot of kinetic energy and a lot of just fun moments that have made it an enjoyable watch. And once again, Ramsey was not in this episode, so that elevates it for me. <laughs> yeah. Casey, what did you think? I gave it four lemon cakes. I thought it was really good, especially for a um, a setup episode for the most part. There wasn't too much like craziness going on. Um, the points off I give it for was uh, for Danny scene basically um i thought it was a little bit like like this is a, it's like a redo of last the last episode we had like they just did another dramatic thing and all right and then my other nitpick or not really nitpick but other thing was i felt like horn hill was basically 
pointless in a way like not that it, the scene wasn't good because um, I thought it was awesome I loved it I enjoyed all of it but uh, I felt like if they're just going to leave together again why did we go why did we spend so much money on those actors and the, and the scenery renting that place <laughs> yeah yeah they had and, that huge castle obviously that yeah. wasn't CGI huge right? that wasn't CGI right? <laughs> like that's a real location yeah yeah so we cannot we tell it's serious <laughs> we pay all that money for that and then we we kill off all our dire wolves like i don't know so that's like my points off for the episode but otherwise i thought the acting in particular in this episode was really good sam's got to get himself some steel come on yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to horn hill for sure i'm sure we'll have a bit to say on that but first thing what did you make of the episode as a whole yeah i mean seven a uh, 3.75 something like that four something like that i, I mean most of the episode, I'm just watching it, just thinking, what show am I watching? Especially the the Sam part, because it was so weird. I mean, it's not bad, but at the same time, it feels the, the the dialogue, a lot of it feels a little bit out of place. I found mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't jive with how Game of Thrones usually is. There's a lot of small talk and stuff like that, yeah. and the vengeance stuff is just funny to me. <laughs> well, I'll have to see why you feel that way. Yeah, but yeah, it's not bad. It's it's just very weird and different. That's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Michal, what did you think? Um, yeah, I'd probably give it a 3, 3.5. It, it, it's increasingly just feeling like, I don't know, like, this is kind of what it's like. You you woke up from a dream and was like, whoa, I had the weirdest dream that this happened in, in A Song of Ice and Fire, you know? And, but it hasn't, but it has. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I the episode was fine i think um i did like yeah this i mean the stuff with sam's family went on too long and i don't really get what's going it definitely did seem like a lot of the stuff was very abortive you know like sam finally gets to his family and then oh he leaves and then we're gonna have this major confrontation in king's landing and then we don't and i do take some points off just for mira having the shittiest life ever and then still apologizing to bran and i'm like no don't apologize like you did everything you could like chill out but in spite of all that, there is something kinetic about the season that even I have to concede to. So <laughs> That's good. Paul, small Paul, how about you? I gotta give it a four uh, lemon cakes, uh, uh, primarily because we didn't have any Ramsey scenes, and I feel like that's a victory in and of itself. But um, yeah, I felt the uh, entire show went pretty well. Got to see some Aries in the uh, flashbacks. That might have been my highlight, actually. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, because that one just caught me by surprise, and that immediately kind of piqued my interest mm-hmm. in the episode. Main nitpicks, cliche, Danny is cliche, and I felt that the whole gathering before the Sept of Baylor was just a real big tease. That is fair enough. And Matt, to round us out, what did you think of the episode? Yeah, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't, like, bad, bad, but it wasn't really good so well, i don't know i'd like to stop I, you I like a, a 3.5 like, i'd like to stop you for a second you gave it five lemon kicks yesterday in the thread so <laughs> what happened what, what changed was it the drink last night or is it the drink i, I sobered up or is it because and... you're going last yeah um <laughs> that explains it all right well yeah as for me i would i'd probably give it one of those sort of average ratings as well like a three three point five i you know there's a lot of scenes i enjoyed but i feel like just something about the writing 
altogether didn't really get me in a lot of cases with the stuff in Bravos, with the stuff in King's Landing, and obviously the stuff with Danny. It just felt it didn't really connect together for me. And this isn't like a book to show thing. I just it would it's something about the the episode just didn't really come together as as an episode of TV for me. But yeah, there were good moments. So for the most part, I I did enjoy it. Yeah, you know, I felt I while I felt like the individual scenes were good, I didn't feel like the show like the episode felt like one episode it just felt like mm-hmm. a bunch of scenes thrown in all right. together i did note right. that yeah. yeah it did the overall editing <laughs> yeah. was suspect and and you know people are saying this is obviously a setup episode and maybe some of this stuff will make more sense and be more reasonable when we see how it pays off but as an episode of tv i just it didn't all come together for me so let's go ahead and get into it beginning beyond the wall where we have mira pulling brand through the forests with the whites following close behind brand is still trapped in his green dreams and sees a rapid succession of visions he sees his fall ned stark's execution the Red Wedding, the events at Hardhome, the Mad King Eris's death by the blade of one of his own Kingsguard, and a wildfire explosion beneath King's Landing. He wakes and tells Mira that the Whites have found them, and just before they are overwhelmed, a rider in all black appears to fend off the monsters with a fiery flail. Rider reveals himself to be none other than Benjen Stark, a man thought lost on a ranging trip years ago, probably, I guess. Uh, he explains that he was killed by a White Walker, but the children of the forest were able to stop him from being turned by impaling him with a shard of dragonglass. He tells Bran that he is the Three-Eyed Raven now, and that he must learn to control his power if anyone is going to stop the inexorable push of the White Walker. So yeah, a lot a lot happened here. Obviously, we got Benjen that was big, and there's all the stuff with the vision. So let's break this down a little bit and begin with Benjen talk because I feel like that might be the biggest thing on people's minds. So what did you well, guys can think we, about? Well, can we just oh, say first, literally, poor Mira? Yeah, yeah, she had, she had a rough time of it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Like sure, like just just haul this five foot nine man child through the snow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not like, quite that's nine, Totally yeah. fine. <laughs> And then, like, she finally just can't do it anymore. And he's like, well, they found us. And she's like, I'm sorry. And it's like, no, don't be sorry. Right. I know the heartbreak I'm on her not- face was just, ugh. Again, I'm really, really impressed. I-, I know her name now, Ellie Kendrick. I am very, very impressed with her acting. She has continued nope. to impress me. Yeah, I mean, she's really been great, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'll just say the episode, it got a, we had a 3.61 average rating on the forum. Hmm. Is that, I think that's yeah. down from last week, right? Yeah. All right. So thoughts on Benjen, I guess, or anything else? I just like how they're screwing around with fan theories now. Yeah. <laughs> so something to establish, I, I don't know if you guys remember this from a few months ago. There was that whole thing that happened with the manuscript of, of Dance, I want to say, that came out. And there was like this one note where his editor asked, is this Benjen uh, on cold hands? And he says, no, here it's no in red there. So keeping that in mind, if if we're kind of talking about whether or not yeah. this is going to affect whether or not Cold Hands actually turns out to be mentioned in the, in the book. Yeah, yeah we also mentioned that Cold Hands is, has to be like very old. There's, there were a couple lines when he was talking to Bran and everybody in the books. I mean, that he couldn't be Benjamin. I'm not making that up, well, right? No. Well, uh, we've said he was killed a long time ago. Yeah. And that's kind of what like puts Benjamin not in the mix of who Cold Hands is. And why wouldn't Bran? recognize his uncle right also motherfucker was on a horse and not an elk there you go i know yeah <laughs> i saw that i was like is this, is this cold hands is this cold hands what's going on and what's going on <laughs> and his weapon was one of those things that like priests use and that's what i thought pre-vatican <laughs> to, uh, incense burners. they're, they're, like, walking, they're walking down at mass it's, it's that's very actually, handy that's actually, that's actually what made 
made me laugh. That he's using an incense burner as a base. It works extremely well against white, whites, though. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good thing. Fair play. Yeah. I like I it's, like inventive weapons in in, in yeah, things. It was cool. It was cool looking. At least they use this weapon, right? Yeah, and I I do like how like last episode we get like the the crazy wall of the the whites and they're just unstoppable and now they're just they're kind of they're a little slower they're you know they come on one at a time you know dude it's cold they're tired this is a yeah this is this rating maybe they're further from the others so they can yeah Yeah, these are these are the weak ones especially skeletons you know skeletons are entry-level ships <laughs> Did, uh, yeah, they, got the like, the they can only work so many hours a day. They're on their bricks. It's yeah. union white. white yeah, it's, uh, it's unlawful. But what I what I do think this confirms is that the show is clearly using theories, and you know that we talk about the fan fiction thing. Like they're clearly using theories yeah. and ideas that, that are yeah. in the fandom in their work. Yeah, they're applying it to their work. Which, because which, George yeah, did not give them everything. Right. No, so. they're trolling Westeros for new story ideas. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what they're. Well, no, I think I think they're fans too, and they're just yeah. like, oh, all right, let's put Benjamin as gold hands. Essentially, Benjamin and Code hands play the same role. It's just one's leading them to the Shreya Raven slash uh, Blood Raven. The other is leading them backwards. Are you guys frustrated that we spent an entire season? No, I'm sorry, we spent like three entire seasons getting Brand to the Three Eyed Raven, and spent four episodes with the three-eyed raven and then it's like no you're the three-eyed raven and have all the magic and we're going back like they skipped a whole scene or a whole season for for the reason of not having ideas yet and it's not like i want it's it's not like i'm saying like oh they should have just kept in there like no matter what because obviously there is experience fatigue for sure um and and it's not necessarily the most interesting but like i I don't know it just it seems very you know looking back on all those seasons it seems very much like well you know like i I keep thinking of uh of of poor jojen saying like you have to get to the raven it's your destiny and i'm like "Eh, i'm only like a little bit of your destiny Like, you probably could have done this, like, without it. Just, like, with a text message. I had a question about Benjen, actually, because I was thinking, why is Benjen going to take Bran over the wall when he knows that the White Walkers are still going to follow him? What if Benjen is not what he might seem to be as a good guy? So to be clear, what what you're suggesting, Casey, is if he's possibly bringing Bran south of the wall, and that would give the others an avenue to, to, like down the wall or go through it or something like that yeah because they have to go they're able to follow him somehow and find right, him with the yeah. yeah so if it if he's over the wall then there might be a way for him to, them to get there Wait, why would they uh, need to use bran as like a gps to, to get to him they couldn't get into the children's little house a house <clears throat> under the tree it's a cave with uh, a stone, you know, with a door, as caves have. Yeah, but the children had their magic protecting it, so the White Walkers and Whites couldn't get in. But then once the Knights Mag- touched yeah. Bran, uh, they could get in there. So if it's children's magic that's also in the wall, that's holding back White Walkers and Whites. My head hurts. It seems to me that it is quite intentional. Benjen is seems to be like you are gonna meet him. He is gonna come into the into the realm of men, and then you're gonna kick his ass, basically. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Magic that he somehow is gonna use to stop him. Yeah. yeah, 
And Brad's like, I'm nauseous from visions. So, yeah, so speaking of things that make Brad nauseous, we are going to talk, I guess, a little bit about the visions. Two big highlights kind of intertwined, I guess, are the new thing with, with Eris in the throne room saying, burn them all. And he, we see very quick shots of, of actually a Kingsguard killing him. Obviously, it's probably Jamie. We also see Wildfire exploding beneath King's Landing, and I thought this was interesting because this I don't this wouldn't have happened in the past, would it? Because they stopped it. So is this possibly the future? Hmm. Yeah, I've been, I was seeing that going around from the inside the episode. They specifically say like this is Bran basically getting a download of the past events. So it makes me it makes me inclined to think no, but maybe one of the caches burnt or something yeah I, i'm inclined to think that yeah no, i thought the whole point of his burn them all burn them all was like it's telling bran how to defeat the others it's like to burn them all <laughs> now that it's but like they did emphasize no i was like hold the door hold the door yeah burn them all hold the door burn that's why Ares was mad oh so Ares is Ares isn't mad he's just trying to communicate to bran yes yeah. and jamie just killed him for no reason let's not get into that now <laughs> the last important piece we get here is obviously this notion that, that the Three-Eyed Raven is like a title or a power or like a vessel thing that is passed on mantle. from person to person. Yeah, mantle. And it's now Bran, and, and there, I think uh, one of the showrunners said in the thing that, that essentially, like, he's not just Bran now. He is the spirit of the Three-Eyed Raven in him, and it's going to influence his personality. Because Bran had such a distinct personality before. Right? <laughs> right? Um, no, I was Christ. watching the... I was watching inside the episode again, and they were like, and Bran's completely shocked that Mira's there and he's awake. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what the fuck are you guys talking about? He doesn't even look like any emotion at all. <laughs> Which is fine. I mean, like, I got, for me, I read it like, gee, I just woke up from the craziest dream. You know, like, I, I get that he's he's kind of confused at what's going on, but it, it didn't come across as some, like, radical change in his personality. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I feel like sometimes the... And this is not actually a comment on Jack Bender, but, like, it reminds me of Stannis in season, like, the past, like, two seasons. Stephen Delane did an interview recently where he was like, yeah, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Like, I was just, like, I just showed up and, like, said these lines and whatever. And you can tell, you know, you can tell when you, like, there's definitely a certain, like, depth to the performance that is just not there. Um, that I think probably was there in season two. Um, and I'm wondering if, like, they're just being really vague to, to Isaac Hempstead Wright and not telling him enough. So, any last thoughts on Beyond the Wall business before we move on? Alrighty. Love it. Let's go. Yep. So, let's go to Horn Hill, then, the next piece we get, where Sam, Gilly, and Little Sam arrive at the magnificent Horn Hill. Very beautiful. Sam warns Gilly not to mention she is a wildling because Randall Tarly hates wildlings and everything else except his cool sword. They are met by <laughs> Sam's mother and sister who takes them in with open arms and helps Gilly adjust to her new circumstance. At dinner, Randall Tarly stays silent for a while, but takes the first opportunity to insult Sam for all the deficiencies he sees in his son. Gilly defends Sam and explains that he killed a Than and even a White Walker. Thoroughly unconvinced, Randall seizes onto the information that Gilly came from north of the Wall. Disgusted, Lord Tarly tells Sam to leave at first light. Sam is ready to leave on his own, but changes his mind, and in a fit of courage, takes Gilly, little Sam, and the Valerian steel sword Heartsbane with him as he flees the castle. Why does Randall Tarly hate wildlings? Do they have any reason to hate wildlings? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I think he, he just, just hates, hates everyone. Yeah. Because they're, they're criminals, and he hates criminals. <laughs> I like the actor. That was fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was nice to be like Dickon was. I I thought he was actually nice to Sam. I mean, he didn't yeah. believe Sam that he killed a White Walker, but he wasn't like the asshole that we were, ex- you know, Dickon that I was expecting. Less of a Dickon. Yeah, this yeah. was <laughs> this was very surreal. It was a, just a very normal domestic scene. I mean, yeah. even if Randall Tarley is awful, his wife seems hip to it. She stood up to him. The children were nice. It it was. <laughs> like it was so normal that it just felt strange. It was like, what kind of show is this? But I just, I do want to say that I thought Gilly was awesome. Yeah, right. Like, she cleans up nice. I mean, they're all good people. That's not what she meant. Who thought like Horn Hill was that big? <laughs> that is yeah, that's freaking Horn Hill. What the hell does Highgarden look like? <laughs> yeah, it looked more like the Golden House of Nero, right, Greg? It was the Golden Palace of Nero? No, it was exactly. the Golden oh House. It was the Golden House. I'll challenge you on that. Don't do it. It depends on which translation you're reading. <laughs> $1,000. Thomas can be read several different ways. <laughs> yeah, true. I thought that this <laughs> this scene went on way too long. I was just like, I was kind of like zoning out. Oh, and then I zoned back in. And I was like, oh, we're still just talking <laughs> at dinner. <laughs> like, Was the sister's name Tarla? Is her name Tarla Tarly? Tarla. <laughs> <laughs> Tala. He called Tala. her Tarla, didn't he? <laughs> no, he said Tala yeah. but with a British accent. Oh, Tala. I like Tarla. Still. I did like the mom and sister. I thought they were delightful. And I was yeah. really happy to see them be good people. But whatever. That dinner just went on for ages. And then, like, like it went on for ages before, you know, Randall starts talking. And then it mm-hmm. goes on for ages of him insulting Sam. And it's like, we get it. Like, Sam was going into, like, he was, like, rocking back and forth, and not, like, he was going into serious post-traumatic stress. Yeah, that was terrible. It's like, I thought I was never going to have to deal with that again, but that was pretty awful to watch. And all the time, we just wanted him to be like, I killed a fucking White Walker, shut the fuck up, Dick, and until you're hunting your stags. And you you get why he had to leave now, but but it seems like his family is fine. Like, if he had just, uh, if he could have somehow been like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to another great house, and just wait for my dad to die. I don't know. Like, he probably would have been okay. So, two points. First, Talatali is actually in the book. And second point, so I've never I've never seen an episode of Downton Abbey, but that's what, that scene seems like what Downton Abbey, Downton Abbey is like to <laughs> Downton me. Downton Arby's! Downton Arby's. Downton Arby's. <laughs> I want to watch that show. <laughs> I would watch that show. Downton Arby's. Downton Abbey. <laughs> Lord and Lady Jamoka Shake. <laughs> Upstairs, downstairs, top. Given his position, he's very he's he's pretty fancy. Yeah. And that actor did play a lord in Downton Abbey, the guy who played uh-huh. Lord Tarly. <clears throat> and he really played Lord Tarly fucking awesome. He was a dick. So do you guys think that uh Sam taking heart's been I, I, I don't know how to feel was about awesome. it. Yes. It was awesome. Yes. was awesome, but it was also like is he so is he gonna come back? Like, is Tarly going to come after them? Is he going to... He has to, right? Dude, Sam was like, come at me, bro. Like, if you want this sword back... I, I thought the whole time I was like, this is where Sam dies. Yeah, right? If he just runs off with the sword and we never hear about it again, that would be terrible writing. That would be awful. Especially yeah. if he like, goes to the Citadel to train. Yeah, I feel like he can't go to the Citadel to train anymore. Yeah, you show up and nope. and Dad's going to be like, hey, uh, you stole something from me. And he's not going to be happy. So I don't think he can be going to the Citadel because he basically told Gilly where you go, I go. So he's probably going off to do his own thing. He's, break, he's, he's leaving one way or the other, I think. Well, he's going back to the wall, probably. Because right, right? the only reason yeah. to take the sword would be to use it against the White Walkers, right? So exactly, that was a long yeah. trip. <laughs> What's he gonna do when he gets back to Castle Black? Just be like, "Hey, so you know how I was supposed to get a maester? Well, I didn't, but I got a cool sword." No, uh, 
And yeah, John is dead, and then came alive, and yeah, he's John's like, hey, you know how I was like not supposed to die well. anymore? Yeah, yeah, he's like, you gave me this money to live for a few years. I just bought a maester and brought him instead. Yeah, Lord Commander yeah. Tullet will gladly take uh, one more Valyrian sword of the wall. He'll be happy to have him back. <laughs> but I think I always felt that Lord. him going to Old Town was pointless because even in the book, like he'll never. It, he's it's it's going to be done before he has time to actually be a maester, yeah. and so I think that he, he's sent there either because you know George was going to do the time jump or just so that we have POV to show us certain things. Well, yeah, and I it, think there's something in the Citadel in the book. Yeah, I, I don't think that he'll go to the Citadel either. Maybe he'll pick up a maester or something like that on the way. But it just it, like you say, Adam, it never even in the book it never felt like this was actually going to come to fruition in in like a full mm-hmm. way where he becomes a full blown maester because it would just take so long. It's not we don't have that kind of time. I got a link. I'll make it into a ring. Get out of here. <laughs> Raven ring. That's what I want. I went all the way to the Citadel, and all I got was this ring. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does feel a little pointless, as we've discussed before, that he went all the way down here just to get a sword. It's a little bizarre, and I'm not sure. Maybe there's more to it, and we'll see. But but yeah, I, I just can't. It doesn't make sense that he wouldn't just run run away if he's going to be pursued by Randall. Yeah. Maybe he goes to the, like the Luke Skywalker like DeVry Institute of Jedi yeah. training. <laughs> maybe he, maybe you know. he will. Yeah. So, any other thoughts on Horn Hill before we move on? I like the Tarly's helmets. Just saying, I like that design. Yeah. Congrats Pretty. to the actress who plays Gilly for getting out of the costume that she's worn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in season two the piece yeah. I didn't really understand about that whole sequence was so he, they talk about how even Gilly hunts beyond the wall before Randall makes a stink about about her being a wildling and then he only sees he only sees on onto it when, when they explain that they they went back from the north of the wall but why couldn't she just be with them north of the wall having come from the south and that, that seems to be what the implication was when they were just talking about hunting but but all of a sudden she's a wildling to him I didn't really get that why would they have her with them? Why would they take a, a woman north of the Well, but they, they specifically well, say that earlier before he freaks out is what I'm saying. And he didn't have an issue with yeah, no, talking no. about hunting and, and all of a sudden, for some reason, it's a problem. But yeah, not a big deal. It just was weird well, that he suddenly got mad about it. I was oh, just no. like, okay, so she was a northern girl who was kidnapped by wildlings. And they right, were yeah, there, there's ways like, to make excuses. It. And maybe yeah. maybe that's what Sam wanted her to do. She just she wanted to be honest about it. And she's not going to lie, yeah. Something that's cool about Gilly is that, like, she... I mean, her son is her father's child. Her son is her half-brother. You know, and and she... Like, there's so much horror in her life that's kind of just innate, you know, that she's existed with. And she's like... I mean, we don't get to see her be, like, a really strong character a lot. But I, I appreciated that it was, like... She's just totally unlavable because she's like, I mean, what's going to scare her now? Yeah. Yeah. I had a horrible thought because they're um, the Iron Islands are getting their thousand ships probably next week. Yeah. (laughs) Tiny, tiny ships. Yeah, and and I mean, maybe he doesn't go to Old Town if he's trying to throw them off the trail and go somewhere else to get a ship. But is it possible that you know they get overtaken by the Iron Fleet? Oh, maybe. That's possible, I guess. But I don't know. Where does that plot line go? It feels like another dead end, but yeah. Yeah, I We'll see, I guess. We'll see. Let's go to another plot that I feel is a dead end in Bravos, where Arya returns (laughs) to watch the Bravosi mummers at their work and sees a rendition of Joffrey's poisoning and Tywin's crossbowing. She sneaks backstage and poisons the rum, but is stopped before she can leave by Lady Crane. The two discuss acting and putting on false faces. Arya changes her mind in the last minute and rushes in to stop the woman from drinking the poison. 
and warns her that the actress playing Sansa wants her dead. The Waif witnesses her failure and reports to Jaqen as Arya goes to retrieve Needle from its hiding place. Jaqen is displeased and gives the Waif permission to deal with Arya so long as she doesn't suffer. How is she going to get out of this? Right. She's Arya. Or, I assume she was like hiding out in a sewer somewhere, but she didn't actually go back there, did she? I think she did. Yeah, that's what I thought, She went too. back there. I think she's picking her ground. I think that, you know, Arya is aware that the waif is coming after her and is whatever. Arya gets whatever she wants. So, you think? You know, there's there's no doubt in my mind that she'll be fine. Um, <laughs> although I did like the theory. Did you float this, Casey? That maybe the waif, like, takes Arya's face and... Yes. So, which yeah. I think would actually be really cool. Um, and not because I super dislike Arya, just because I think that would be a really ballsy move for the show, but probably won't happen. Yeah, no, I think Arya is 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 choosing the ground for this fight and you know preparing herself as much as she can. Hmm. Yeah, that that thought really just like crossed my mind. I, I don't think it'll happen, but that the wave will find her, kill her, and then take her face and then become fake Arya. Uh, so you keep the actress around. Yeah, so like the actress still plays, but it's not Arya, and she can do stuff that the faceless men really want to do more, I guess. But I am mostly on the idea that Arya is going to just somehow win, and it's going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just that good, right? It's it's totally unbelievable to me because because I uh, there's been no case where I've seen Arya be convincing as the the supposed super ninja that she's training to be. We get the cool flip up and I'm standing now move, but besides that, she has done nothing remotely impressive at any point in time that would suggest that she could overcome a maybe not fully trained faceless person, but one that's obviously overmatching her. I'm sorry, Zach. Can you flip up? No, you're uh, you're right, Matt. I can't. But Arya hasn't walked through a single wall yet, so I'm not going to believe she's a ninja until she proves that to me. <laughs> but Does I feel, she not? I feel like it would have been cooler if Arya had, you know, if we hadn't seen exactly what she did, and then she leaves, and we assume that she poisons Lady Crane, and then the Santa actress starts choking, and we realize that like she stealth poisoned her i think she's dying in bravos i think she's just gonna go home now <clears throat> she's gonna kill the wave and go home that's what's gonna happen so, so one theory i saw floated about a way that could possibly justify this is that actually Arya not killing lady crane is her passing whatever weird test the faceless men are putting on her because it would show that that she's not vengeful about cersei killing someone who's at least impersonating Cersei. I don't personally buy this, but if they made, they had a way of making that believable, and Arya's still with the faceless men, I might be okay with that. But I just, it doesn't seem like it'll happen. No, I could see that no. a thing, but then it's on to. Absolutely not. It no. seems pretty clear because that Jacob would be like, sad. "Okay, go kill her." Like, I mean, he didn't expressly say that, but he seemed kind of like, like really disappointed more than like saying don't you know I'll make sure it doesn't hurt he was just sort of like ah well you know she had potential oh well yeah. she had potential not that we ever really acted like it but we sort of did because we let her do whatever she wanted but you know <laughs> it's it, a very complicated plot line that was strange yeah it just it never made sense that the faceless men are all that the, the show postures them to be basically all seeing they can detect any lie and it's just so weird if Arya was always never complicit she always you know she hit needle and she never really bought into the whole thing why why did they not flush her out like why did they just keep letting her do stuff it never really made sense all right so 
any left? I mean, we didn't really talk about like the first piece with the the mummers, and I again, I really enjoy this piece. It's just like the fallout from it that kind of bothers me. But like the actual scenes were really good. I really liked the exchange with her, uh, with Lady Crane. Though it was very meta. If you guys if you guys noticed this, like the the whole discussion with Lady Crane was extraordinarily meta, talking about like changing the writing and everything. It was it's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, Arya's not just a killing machine. She's got some kind of heart in there somewhere somewhere down deep all right so <laughs> any last thoughts on bravos before we move forward okay. let's get out of there all right <laughs> let's go to king's landing then where we have our first bit with the high sparrow giving Tommen permission to see marjorie who admits that all her kindness before had been an act and that she is truly devoted to the gods now jamie and mace tyrell arrive to secure marjorie and loris from the high sparrow just before it seems that violence may break out between the two parties, the High Sparrow says that no one need die today. He presents King Tommen, who announces that the Crown and the Faith will work together to build a better future for the Seven Kingdoms. Jamie and the Queen of Thorns watch as all their plans fall to pieces. So, yeah. This is how this all goes. What the fuck? <laughs> you didn't mention what Mace Tyrell. What the fuck? Oh, yes, his hat. Was Mace. Yeah. Very nice. He had a great helm and a number of troops, and what the fuck? Yeah, no, I wrote down like watching the scene. I wrote down like, oh my gosh, they're so outnumbered by small folk, and Mace That's better not die. <laughs> I was too blinded by the fact that I like correctly predicted this happening that I was just too like happy about that to really care. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, but Marjorie's clearly playing the long game here. Like, you, do you, any of you actually believe that she's? All right, let's take let's take a vote. If you believe if you believe that Marjorie is being dishonest here and playing some kind of game, say uh, say yay. <laughs> yay. 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 So those five those five people. So yay. that's the majority. Because if Lor- if Loris came out and went back with them, then it would be weird. Come out. Can't come out in this world. Yeah. Well, when she said, "Well, I'll always love my brother," and then. I kind of ex- I half expected maybe hit like Loris to come out and be dead or something. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. Well, that scene where she's like, "You have they're listening to us. Shut up, listen to me." Like, when did she convert it? What five minutes after that? It's obviously part of. Yeah, it. it's if she converted, it's the High Sparrow has magic. It, she it just most, wants to kill Septianella. It most likely is, but I'll admit, I don't really get her her conversion for Tommen's sake either because she's got a lot of backpedal I mean obviously she's in a better position now but she's still got a lot of backpedaling to do with Tommen being like like moving him away from doing everything that the High Sparrow wants yeah that's the weird part is like if it's if if she's faking it then like maybe like Tommen probably isn't but also Kevin's okay with this and just like let's get rid of Jamie let's like, I don't understand. No, he's a, the, it kind of makes sense because Kevin's a pragmatist. He knows that the best he doesn't. He wants to avoid bloodshed in the city, so he's going to let them think they've won. Tommen's wrapped around Marjorie's finger, so he's just going along with whatever she's doing. She didn't want a confrontation between the Tyrells and, and the small folk there. She wants to get back and back to the Lord Keep and then play her. You know, take it from there. I but think. Kevin has to see how dangerous this uh, is, right? Yeah. What other choice does he have though? He uh, there's no Lannisters in the fucking city. Apparently, it's they're all off to River Run. It's just the Tyrells. But I guess he, like, he was just so happy when Jamie was dressing down, but I guess he kind of never really liked Jamie anyway. And he wants his son back, too. He didn't want his son to get killed, I think, probably. Well, I think also, like, there's... Jamie openly, like, showed that he was against the Faith. Cersei's obviously got some issues with the Faith. That's the only Lannister left there that 
can maybe do something about this. Um, so I think that Kevin's. I don't. I don't know if he's like fully into the game, but I think he's playing the game. What game? The game that Tom is playing. I don't. Or the you guys. I don't think Tom is playing the game. Game of Thrones. <laughs> <Marjorie>. <laughs> My favorite part of this scene was when Jamie rode that horse up those stairs. Yeah, me too. I think that great. was my favorite part of the episode. I thought stuff was about to go down, and then Common and the Kingsguard came out, and I was confused. But I think there were only four Kingsguard, or was there five? I didn't think count. No, there's like every there Kingsguard four. except Frank and Gregor. No, I thought it was four, and then Jamie, and then Frank and Gregor, so that's only six. Are there seven right now? We don't I know. doubt it. Well, hmm. Loris, technically. Oh, yeah. Is he a Kingsguard? Well, not in the show. Yeah, because he's the... Didn't they make him Kingsguard? No, because no, he's the heir. He's the heir in the show. Right, right. Also, Mace was just delightful in these scenes. Yes, he was... Yeah. Oh, my His God. speech and everything? Come on. <laughs> How did no Dude, one clap? Headdress? Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, and the Queen of Thorns with her popcorn chariot, like sitting there, like I'm about to watch this go down. It's so good. Mother, what's happening? <laughs> and then like, she's like, like, oh, we lost. Yeah, she's just she's <laughs> there for the scene just to be like, oh, well, this is over. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> the High Sparrow's look confirms that he's he's up to something like not holy at all. I think. So it's funny because I'm also like as boring as I kind of think the scene ultimately turns out to be. Part of me likes it because I kind of I like that it is something political and that they were just kind of outmatched. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like I it, it, and it's actually well moving on to to Jamie being divested of his Kingsguardness that like frustrates me so much because I spent quite a long time online on Westeros arguing that it would be dumb for Jamie to resign from the Kingsguard you know because people were like oh you know if he's really honorable and having this redemption arc he should resign from the Kingsguard you know and I'm like but he can't do that because then that would just create a really bad precedent for everything and like people could like threaten the Kingsguard and you know whatever um, all the stuff that they're supposed to be immune to because they serve for life and now he, he's just well, we already have the bad precedent. With yeah, Harris. sometimes the bad precedent already with Paris to be relieved, but yeah, but it would it would be reinforcing that precedent. It would mm. you know, like by letting them leave instead of being instead of them being stripped. Yeah. Like by by them just being like, I resign, Kingsguard. Yeah. So that's not what he does here. But but yeah, let's let me no. let me throw out the summary before we get into that. So back in the throne room, King Tommen relieves Jamie of his duties as Lord Commander of the Kingsguard. Jamie goes to Cersei and explains that he's being sent to Riverrun oust the blackfish but that he would rather send a few good men to kill the high sparrow and bring down the faith militant cersei warns him away from this plan and counsels him to accept the order and to go lead the lannister armies as he was meant to so yeah is he the heir is he is he the lannister lord now yeah i guess he is i mean i kind of i don't really understand that (laughs) what's gonna happen to lord lefford (laughs) what about lord lefford and davin lannister and kevin lannister yeah, um, it was an odd choice because I mean, we this didn't need to happen for him to go to be ordered to go to Riveron. He could still be Kingsguard and just be sent on the same mission. That's what happens in the books. So, but weird. and I think they're like, well, show show watchers are gonna just be confused. They're you know they're gonna be like, why doesn't he argue to stay and protect the king? Well, let's just take him off the Kingsguard. Okay. <laughs> And it's not a big deal, ultimately. He's no longer Kingsguard. I don't think that'll mean much. 
But it, but if somehow the show ends up investing itself in the idea of who inherits Casterly Rock, which I highly doubt, then I guess it will, <laughs> it will be an issue. So he's going to River Run, as many of us predicted. Any other thoughts on this whole idea? I think we all kind of saw this coming. It's interesting, Cersei was not rattled, the only character really that wasn't rattled at all by this change of circumstance with Tommen. She seems to be keeping it together. Oh, you know Cersei. So calm and collected. It just felt really useless in that I feel like D&D have a hat full of about five variants on the same speech that they pull out when they have a scene like this. It's like, okay, I will take what is mine, show them fear, tell them not to mess with us. It, it, It feels like we've had this scene before. It it felt I don't know. It didn't give us anything. It was very empty. Yeah. However, I feel like it is the last one that we're gonna get. Do you think they're never gonna see each other again? Uh, I do, actually. Yeah. If so, it feels like it should have been a better farewell. Yeah, or if they, they, they do see know. each other again, it's gonna be like literally everything is lost. Nothing to do. Hopeless. Terrible type of reunion. Not, not a productive reunion. Because I don't because I, I don't know. I mean... Maybe I'm I'm getting too meta on this, but like honestly, Cersei saying like my trials in the bag made me go like, well, clearly then it's not, and you know, and Jamie being very concerned about that and like you know wanting to stay for that purpose, yeah, the combination of those things really made me think that that this is the end or close to the end for Jamie and Cersei, which is not necessarily a bad thing. If if this was Jamie and Cersei in the books, it would frustrate me because it's very much. It's frustrating to see Jamie revert so fully to Cersei's side. And it's not that I think that's necessarily bad. It's just frustrating, you know? And it's like, I, I don't want you to do this. Like, I want you to be your own person. I want you to resist, you know? And he's not. He's he's totally thrown in his lot with Cersei, which makes next week interesting. Do you ever think that they'll actually have Jamie go that way? Or do you think they're just not going there in the show at all? with the, Where he crumples up her letter and, you know, Jamie, I need you. And he just lets her go on her, you know, abandons her. Unless I don't she, think like, they can do that now, really. or something, I don't. Which, hey, maybe. I doubt it, but that could be a thing. I don't I don't think it would just be like, oh, I've met Brienne again and I realized that she's the love of my life. Screw you, Cersei. Because it takes Jamie a long time to get to that point in the book. Yeah, what is his arc for this season? It's really hard to tell what is what they're doing with his character or where he is supposed to be going. His arc since he got back from getting his hand chopped off has been kind of sketchy because they went down that road. Like they were going, I think, quite quite far down the road of the of the way the books were going. But then th- then they kind of went back, which yeah. I mean, Jamie really hasn't had an arc. It feels like this season. This is the first time where he's at, he actually feels like he's doing something. And I think that you know it, it never really felt like they were going the way where he was really separating himself from Cersei. It, it never felt like it was going that direction so i'm fine that it's not but it definitely diminishes his nuance as a character that he's basically just the same guy he he always was with a little with a touch more morality i guess is the idea let's go to the twins then where we have lord walder Frey sitting at his high seat and listening as his sons explain to him that riveron has been lost the sons explain that they didn't stand a chance of taking the castle back because the Malisters and Blackwoods have aligned with Brendan Tully, and the Brotherhood Without Banners continues to raid their supply trains. Lord Walder hears none of it and stays firm in his belief that there is a way to get the castle back. He brings his captive Edmure Tully forward and explains that they will use him to take back River Run. So yeah, the phrase for the first time in a while. Yay. <laughs> I, I was pretty entertained by the scene it yeah. made me chuckle at the beginning to see just how exasperated walder was with 
how the fuck do you lose a castle? And then just kind of like bitch slapping his kids over fucking up. But then I saw Edmir come in and then I felt sad because I really like Edmir. And even though we haven't gotten much of him in the show, I think some of who he was in the books kind of transferred into what I think of him currently. But that might change once he actually gets some lines. (laughs) The whole time I was just like mad at Walder Frey like or like I while the scene was good I was just like I hate Walder Frey I hate all the Freys this whole Let's make some pies mm. I always I always love seeing them just not, not maybe it's just because there are not many scenes but I I love that they have these scenes because they haven't had them they haven't had too many of them I, I like seeing the Freys and their whole you know dynamic on the screen I, I really enjoyed it I did like it because I feel like for the first time I can hear the clock ticking on the Freys yeah it, it was interesting we, we clearly saw Walter Frey very rattled he was talking about how he, he hears things in his sleep and it seemed like it was it was definitely getting to him. Apparently, there might be something to, to violating guest rights. Maybe that's yeah. affecting. Is his son, is his sons going to stab him to death? <laughs> I don't know. How are those his sons? His sons should be in their seventies. Those yeah. should have been his great grandsons. So can we say that Walder was looking afraid? <coughs> yes. yes oh no! Uh, <laughs> got back just in time, Matt. Yeah, no. I was gonna say like no. getting ready for the Harry Potter reread. I was like, "Where's Mrs. Norris?" Yeah. <laughs> Does he play Filch? I knew he's in the. Yeah. He did. Yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah. The scene was exciting because obviously it felt like we were more situated in the greater political context of the world. We get the phrase again, which is obviously important for the Riverlands. But we also hear about the Malisters and the Blackwoods and the Brotherhood without Banner. It feels like stuff that that seemed like it didn't matter anymore it matters again which is exciting yeah and you do get river the that like the the river lords are like you, you get again i think something that we've been missing in the north is that they've started to feel like a monolith you know because i think we were counting on the umbers to be the umbers the way they are in the book and you know obviously we know that the Starks aren't exactly like team stark so it's definitely starting to feel like they are all one monolithic pro bolton feeling even though the show keeps going like oh the north remembers and Sansa and blah 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 but with this it, it definitely hearing even hearing those names it was like right there are other people with other opinions and you know different perspectives on this and that was like really refreshing yeah i mean it feels like there's a lot of pieces on the board here so we have the the phrase sending edmure down and we have these other houses that we're hearing about we have i mean i don't know if we're ever going to see the brotherhood without banners again but we have that too is lady stoneheart going to happen we i mean they they put it kind of back in the in the in play but i still kind of doubt it and and there's brienne coming down and jamie coming up like it, there's a lot that could happen it's all very hard to to foresee Oh, when have they mentioned things that have not showed up? We're definitely going to have them come back into play. Do you guys like how Walder just calls it the Red Wedding? (laughs) Yes. It's the popular name. It's taken the public... He's leaning into it. He's leaning into it. Yeah, at that Red Wedding where we totally didn't do anything but defend ourselves against that crazed wolf boy. I mean, what? (laughs) Also, I was wrong. The Blackfish is real. (laughs) It's wrong. Which I'm still surprised at. Wrong. I was wrong. Shame, etc. But so is Rosalind Frey still a thing in the show? I'm guessing. She existed. I don't know if she still exists. She's pregnant in the books, right? That's Well yeah, that's yeah. that's very important that she's pregnant. Yeah. It might come into play next episode. Yeah, possibly. 
I don't feel I can't stand uh, freaking Edmure anymore after watching Outlander. I feel I do not feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was right, about to right. say. It's like I'm surprised Captain they let him in. Black Jack Randall and Chains. <laughs> I'm surprised that they were able to get these <laughs> yeah. actors back after like three seasons. It's all yeah. the same people. It's a it's a little weird. Yeah. yeah, and look at look at Osha, right? Like she comes back and is gone. So Oh, I don't I mean, expect Edmure Tully to live very long. No. I feel like there's going to be a consequence or a casualty. And hopefully it won't be Brienne. And hopefully, if it's a choice between Brienne and Edmure, as actually weirdly fond of Edmure as I am, take him. That's fine. Yeah, that's no choice. Yeah. Do you yeah. think there's time for, like... Because in my head, there's going to be two major things. There's going to be the Northern Battle, and there's going to be River Run. Do you think that's all going to be one thing? Because in my head, it's going to be, like, Northerners and John. It's going to be Jamie and the and River Run. Like, that's going to be two separate things. I don't think they. I don't think Brienne's going to show up with... Uh, going to meet Jamie this season. Or maybe in episode 10. Not no, I think I think Brienne and Jamie are actually going to come into contact mm. um, at at River Run. I think that's the whole point of this. Ultimately, I don't think the point is River. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think so too. It wouldn't surprise me if the Blackfish refuses to is just like ah whatever, and Jamie's like, well, I guess he's not doing it, and just kills Edmure. Okay, so you know how in the books Brienne is captured by the Brotherhood without banners, and she is presumably going to fight Jamie. Right. Uh, yeah, I guess. In a yeah, in a in a yeah, yeah. right, because he has to stand trial for his crimes. Um, and in I'm pretty sure that Jamie proposes a, a trial by combat to the Blackfish in the book, right? Yeah. He's like, let's just settle this one on one. So I feel no, it's like... the other way around. The Blackfish uh, suggested, and Jamie ref- Jamie says no. Right? Oh. No. Uh, no, no, I don't think it's so. It's Jamie Cause, who. Because the Blackfish doesn't uh, care. He's like, I'm, I'm just no, saying. It's here. been like, so long. Cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late. Shame. Um, no, but but now I think that sin- especially since Brienne is like there with a beeline for the Blackfish, I wonder if that might happen. Yeah, I could see that happening. Which yeah. would suck I so think- hard. I think that's possible. That that it feels like if you're going to put all these elements into play, that it that that is where it's going. I always thought it was some kind of confrontation with Jamie and Brienne. Ever since they said that Brienne was going to to River Run, so well, a trial by kissing. Possibly that's what we get. We'll see. Well, I just want to start singing like Brienne. At last, we see each other playing. Oh yeah. <laughs> Don't start. I, when you start, then I have to sing the whole song. It's like Cartman and, and Stick, so don't go Monsieur any further. Monsieur <laughs> Monsieur Kingsguard. <laughs> <laughs> so, any last thoughts on the twins before we move to our last scene of the episode? Let's go then to our last piece in the Dothraki Sea, where Daenerys begins to make plans for how she could transport her armies to Westeros and asks Dario how many ships it would take. The sellsword works up the quick estimate of around a thousand ships or so, but no one in the world could possibly have that many ships, so it's pretty much a lost cause. Daddy notices a gust in the air and rides out on her own. The Dothraki are rattled as they see a massive shadow pass over them. Drogon swoops in with Daenerys riding on the dragon's back. She lands before her army and tells her people that they are all blood riders now and will cross the narrow sea to conquer Westeros and seat her on the Iron Throne. Yeah, Danny. God, this was so stupid. <laughs> See, I yeah, like this more uh, than other dragon scene. This wasn't that bad. The problem is, you're allowed like this sort of scene like once or twice per season. Not every other episode. <laughs> yeah. After every yeah. episode, it just gets dull. 
Or it's just also just like, episode. why now? Like, why, why, why did she do that? Like, they're literally just like randomly there. She's like, you know what? It's time for an inspiring speech. Well, because she found her dragon. Like, I get that part, but... But no, but she, I mean, she was the like, walking out of fire you know what? Thing. I'm going to go find Drogon. And then she did, and then... Weirdly enough, placing this scene at the end of the episode kind of took the winds out of the episode. It, like, it, it, some of these other end sequences felt like they would have been stronger, and then we got this, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Danny's, Danny's doing stuff still, I guess. It, it almost would have worked better if we just had... Danny find her dragon and then just like point onward and everybody was like yeah and then just go I feel like if the speech just made it like too much yeah yeah like finding the dragon was fine and showing up and if she was just like I'll meet you in Marine and just flew off (laughs) 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 no but I, I agree I think like I don't know that we needed to see her like tame Drogon again but I still kind of think that like impressing the Kalasar, which again I don't know why she needs to impress Kalasar. we did this already um but like theoretically impressing the Kalasar was less it just it, you know it was less important right now like because they right. weren't down well it wasn't important at all right now but seeing her like do that in front like seeing her her like tame this enormous dragon and like props to the cgi place because drogon is enormous yeah, I know. That was like, okay, this isn't a joke anymore. <laughs> um, have, you, have you seen the, the VFX? Like, with her... I've seen, I've just, the pieces of it, she's yeah. just sitting on, like, a big green platform. Yeah. I also feel like this whole... Like, I get that Danny coming out of the fire is a, a really big thing, and it gets the Dothraki behind her, but I also feel like making them leave based Dothrak to be... to go conquer Westeros, like, I feel like it wouldn't be like a sure thing she'll be like we you are my people and i'm in promise and they're gonna just be like well you know i don't know if i really want to leave like i left something on the show <laughs> yeah like this is kind of my home I, I don't i don't know if i'm feeling westeros yet i mean you're cool but but so <laughs> I, I just don't know like i feel like these scenes yeah like we've gone like on two dates <laughs> yeah I, I get that sentiment but i feel like they would have if they were going to try to make that point they should have shown some discontent among the dothraki yeah. because we have no in- indication that they have any problem with going to westeros and it, that's why this scene felt unnecessary because we had no idea that like there was any need for further reinforcement well has gone has going to westeros even been brought up we don't even know like i i do think maybe she waits until she gets her dragon to make that point but the rest of the speech like she should she could have just said ah see i do have dragons so uh you guys ready to get on some boats all right let's keep moving so then what did she you're all blood riders (laughs) so what did she say like when they were leaving based off rack like just follow me yeah (laughs) this way (laughs) we're gonna leave also she still doesn't have the damn boats so it's not like, you know, she has this conversation with Dario where it's like, you know, how many boats do I need? Oh, you need, like, all the boats, Khaleesi. And then it's like, um, okay, I don't have them, but I'm still going to convince everybody to go on my invisible ships to Westeros. And obviously we know that Euron's probably coming with a thousand, you know, tiny, like, plastic so toy boat bathtub ships. But, he's like... Got, he's got Amazon Prime, so he's got them just in time. <laughs> right. Yeah, every woman in the Iron Islands is weaving sails, so you're good. Um, but no, I, I just... The whole thing was strange to me. Like, I have to give the season props for the most part. Like, 
last season there were really a lot of times where it was just like I don't understand the point of this scene. <clears throat> this season a lot a lot less, but this I really did think it was just like I don't I don't get why or how <laughs> you know it, it didn't seem necessary and thereby not compelling. Also, I miss Danny talking like a normal person, which I realize she hasn't done in seasons. But every time she does her like Khaleesi voice, I'm just like, shut up. Oh my God, talk like a normal person. Because it has no power anymore, right? Like that tone of voice that Amelia Clark uses slash they direct her to use. I don't know who exactly is to blame for that. It has no impact because it's her only setting. Well, they also they've ended what two seasons on an epic Danny scene and at least four or five episodes, so they probably think like it's it's their go-to thing. Like, oh, we'll do the Danny ending; people will love it. You know, yeah, it's a gut punch every time, which it's it's really not. It's yeah, less, well, because dragons time. at the end usually <clears throat> equal you know high praise. Yeah, I think basically the Danny the Danny and dragon lovers of the show are basically the lowest common denominators out of you watchers, and they love oh. to appeal to them. <laughs> Maybe. There are people. There are people who love to, to yell at Khaleesi. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I love Khaleesi. <laughs> and then they get like like so, summer died for this. Yeah. by some book reader. Daenerys <laughs> <laughs> Targaryen. I've given up telling people that in the bookstore. There's enough things to con- con- <laughs> that I have to correct anyways. That's you should just hang a sign. <laughs> you just evict them immediately once you hear that. <laughs> but please come back and buy a book. Yes. Her name is not Khaleesi. Galicia is a title. Sign over your over your uh, Game of Thrones section. Ultimately, what it what it boils down to, I think, is what you just said. What you said, Michal. It it just feels like they're doing it too much. They just keep going back to this again and again and again and again, and eventually it's going to wear out. You're eventually not going to be enthused or invested in in Danny's amazing triumphant stuff if it just keeps happening and happening and happening. It's just it's not working anymore. It feels like yeah. And it's a sh- I mean, it's, I don't know, I think a lot of people maybe have problems with Danny's arc for totally different reasons than in the books, you know? Because in the books, a lot of people have beef with her because she doesn't do anything for a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And here, it's almost like she does too much, just like the same kind of weirdly unearned thing over and over again. So yeah, this is our last scene. Do we have anything else to say about it? It seems like the plan from this point for Danny is to go to Marine and like beat kill people there, and then leave when the Ironborn show up? Is it that simple? I have to say, I don't I don't know, but it was nice to have a week off from Tyrion. <laughs> yes. And that's not a hater thing. It's, it was just like, he hasn't done anything interesting. Oh yeah, he's, he's, his arc has felt extraordinarily filler this season. So. Which I get, because I'm sure that Peter Dinklage has a contract that he needs to be in probably nine of the ten episodes, I would imagine. Um, but, um, because that's, and, and I feel like that was probably why we had that, like, dumbass conversation scene. Like, what do we do? Like, oh, let's try and make conversation in the dumbest way possible. Yeah. Like, like you were literally like, okay, they really just needed to write something for Diglish to say here. But hopefully, hopefully things will gain a little bit more shape. The fake, the fake Tyrions had better, uh, had better writing this season. <laughs> um did anybody see the did we all see the in the next time part yeah mm-hmm. yep uh, where 
why why are why is Theon and Asha and Volantis? <laughs> why not, Casey? Because ships, yo. <laughs> I guess they well no, I guess they're stopping on their way to Marine, which we've seen people do before. Yeah. I don't know that geographically it makes sense, but I guess in terms of the way the show has like set up how you get to Marine. Are they like Are we just gonna like skip over Valeria or are they gonna go through Valeria? I think they're gonna be dead before they get to Valeria, or at least Asha is. As long as they get to Monkey Island, I'll be happy. <laughs> oh my God. I actually think that Asha's going to die next week. Mm. Ooh. Uh, no. Because, Wait, you know what? Asha like, already died, Michael. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Yara? <laughs> I would love that they would just start calling her Asha because, like, never mind, it's not confusing anymore. <laughs> but I think that, yeah, I don't, I, because, let's get real, it's not her story, it's Theon's story. And Theon, Theon took a step in supporting her, which I thought was lovely, but it's about him and he, how he is going to succeed, right? As, or, or not succeed, but attempt to is succeed it? again. I, I really, think so. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> I have no, I, I have no supposition of what it could possibly be about anymore with, with Yara and Theon. Well, they mentioned that, like, the Red Priestess came from Volantis, so maybe they're going to go there, pick up a Red Priest or Priestess, and that will drive them towards Danny. It'll give them a reason to go, because they obviously can't do anything in Westeros right now. Or probably not. We've up to seven already. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, getting, we're getting toward the final stretch here, which is wow. pretty interesting. What's it called? The next episode is called The Broken Man. The Broken Man. So, broken what? The Broken Man. So take that for what you will. Clicking ball. It's happening. Happening, everybody. We're getting Al Swearingen, and he's gonna make a speech. That's all that matters. Oh, that's oh, okay. So that's that's what that refers to. Right, and also Clue Game Ball, but let's not talk about. Well, that that'll be probably be nine. Yeah, I mean they're setting it up because we're gonna see Sandor. I, I believe. Okay, but when are we getting the Tower of Joy though? Tower of Joy next season. We're no. never gonna get it. <laughs> Why would they give us get that? it? We are absolutely going to get it, and I think we're going to get it this season. Especially well, since... Here, take John. <laughs> the show. We, like, we're, we might get some of it, but I don't think, like, there's going to be an actual reveal. I think we're it's still going to be... I think they're going to do it this year, and I also think we're probably going to see more of the Jamie Airy stuff possibly tied into each other, mm, because maybe. they wouldn't have just shot some random bro on the throne. Well, like, actually... <laughs> In the like the behind the scenes thing, the director says like, "Oh man, we spent so much time on this," and he's like, "It kind of feels like a waste. We spent so much time for like two seconds of screen time, oh, really? but, like talking about the uh, the Mad King scene." Yeah, but fine, yeah. we're still getting the inside of the Tower of Joy. Yeah, I think so too. I think it'll be I, the last scene. Yeah, you know, I think that I feel like that that's like the one thing that maybe D and D might just leave for George, or at least I'm optimistic that he might. <laughs> They might. The, the one thing that everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, we oh, know yeah. it though. We know it. Like it's obvious, but <laughs> well, whatever. whatever. So obvious. It's R it's plus L equals D. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> oh my God! No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still open to the fact that they might be twins, but okay. Um, I was just joking, but seriously, fuck that theory. <laughs> because I if you're not friends with me on Facebook, then you didn't see my rant about this a couple of, like, a month and a half ago. I saw on Twitter. Yeah, I was very upset about that. <laughs> I was, like, listening to the podcast and, like, smoke was coming out of my ears. <laughs> we all can have our own theories, even if they're wrong. Sure. 
But yeah. you have to also be like, this is totally out there though and unlikely. Maybe, maybe. All right. Well, I think I think that'll be that'll be it for the episode. Thank you guys. <laughs> thank you guys very much for joining me for this. It was a lot of fun, and thank you everyone for listening in. We'll be back next week to review the seventh episode of Game of Thrones, titled "The Broken Man." This time, directed by Mark Millad. I think that's how you say that. Written again by Brian Cogman. Another one with him. So yeah, that'll be that. Thank you guys very much. If you want to check us out, you can do that on Vox Podcast WordPress dot com on Twitter on Facebook on tumblr on tinder on all the places you know them you know tinder you know grinder we're on all we're on everything I mean, thank you <laughs> find on us on Prancer match.com <laughs> we got it we're all, all desperate yes extremely <laughs> extremely desperate and if you want to join the community you can go i you know i normally do this wrong i normally say a podcast device and fire forums but if if you have been led astray by me, it's actually podcastdeviceandfire.com slash forum if you want to go there. So yeah, that's it. Thank you guys once again, and we'll be back. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you. That picture of him was such a America picture. There's so much, so much. Boba Fett with oh. an American shirt. Damn right. I just realized I don't have any alcohol in there. And Red Sox. Why would he have a Red Sox attire? He's a Yankees he the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Go Rockies. Greg's asking for trouble. Go Rockies. Padres. Uh, yeah, high five. He takes, takes me back to Dragon Cat. <laughs> so Rockies aren't shitty. They've got the best third baseman period right now. Uh, one player. <laughs> one player. Our pitching is... Uh, and the guy that hit all those home runs and strikes out a lot. Story. Maybe if John Gray could get it together. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying Chicago Cubs are doing are pretty good. I actually yeah, they can do as good as they want, but the Mets will still sweep them in the playoffs. So. No, we won't. You, sir? We're not going to get past Washington. Oh, fuck off. Yes, we will. <laughs> Anyone but the Yankees. Basically, like, when you're a Padres hey, fan, like, we had a few Yankees years. are awesome. <laughs> We yeah. Oh, 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 a random yeah. mat appears. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Appear out of nowhere. His heckling is super effective. Um, <laughs> doesn't matter. True. Sure.
the yeah, Giants, when, when you're a fan of a of a bad team, you kind of just start like, yeah, you get fun out of being like the Yankees failed again. Like, cause the one World Series in my life that the Padres made it to, they got swept by the Yankees, so I'm bitter. And the one World Series, and the one World Series that the Rockies made it to, we got swept by the Red Sox. Yeah, and this oh, is yeah. this is the thing that bugs me about fans of these teams that fans of teams that are like, oh, we've only won five of them in the last twenty years. Ah, we're such bums. They're like, you know what? We shut got up. Zero. We got zero. Yeah, yeah they're getting the mad. You know, around like, for twenty years, you got time. Yeah, but the Cubs, like Cubs fans, it's been a long time. But I'm like, how about never? Yeah, Cubs fans, <laughs> once they win, they, they won't have anything to talk about for another hundred years. That's, that's, <laughs> no, but that like, look at they need that look crunch. at look at the Red Sox though. That didn't work. They uh, won, and then a few years later, it's like, well, we got to win again. And they like, did. <laughs> I know, and then a few years later, it's like, oh, we I suck. Got Matt, how do you even live in Boston? I know. Uh, uh, I pay every month, <laughs> and I pay my bills, <laughs> and I go to work. I think she meant uh, being a Yankee fan. <laughs> Not so much the... Uh, oh, well, I tell everyone else to go fuck themselves because the Yankees <laughs> have actually won more World Series like, uh, one of those than the Red Sox. Yeah, you know, we're in a sport where you can buy it. That's oh, yeah, because... Was that your like, coffee talk accent or was that supposed to be a Boston accent? <laughs> I don't know if you're trying to do like uh, like a uh, fucking Yenta. <laughs> like accent or a fucking fuck New York accent? Or I didn't. Fucking... I didn't fully commit to that one. <laughs> like butter. I don't know why. How, what? Uh, are you too young for coffee talk? Does anyone know no coffee talk from SNL? I know coffee talk. Come on. I know you do. You're an old man, but these young men. I'm assuming you're talking to Adam. What? <laughs> Matt, you're already a robot, so this is, this is a good start. Sorry. Oh, yeah, RoboMatt. Am I already roboting out? Yep. And then RoboMatt disappeared. <laughs> Would you like to play a game? Kind of better now. Hopefully that stays. Stay with me. What are you guys even. What? My head hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Game ball is going to happen now. The, the Sandal yeah. versus, versus, versus the Mountain, but I don't think that's going to happen in the books. Well, Game Ball is mm. going to happen in the show. I am. Well, it is. It is absolutely going to happen in the yeah. show. No, it's but, not going to happen. Yes, it is, Katie. <laughs> What's the point of him being there? It's the dumbest theory. I, I don't know. I, I hate Click Game Ball so much. I agree. Uh-huh. I agree. Get hype, Katie. Get it's hype. not going to happen in the book. Come don't on. worry about that. But it is going to happen in the show. Yeah, but Why would it happen so. in the show? Because Why there's no there? other point of introducing of anyone. And they keep, you know, this is a little later. We'll talk about it. But when, you know, with Cersei and Jamie, she's like, oh, you know, NBD, I just have this trial. It's totally cool. Like, I'm definitely going to win. And I'm like, oh, you're not. The <laughs> like, <when she> gymnastics <laughs> it would take to get Sandor down there to be the champ it, it just it no, makes no not sense at all what are you talking about More he's gonna bump into brienne and he's gonna oh my gosh they need a champion you know to, to fight whatever. he's already been there flashback you know well, it's yeah. always I will been put a money on it. i'll put real money on it that it's happening if anyone ditto i this is unbelievable i feel like i'm talking to an insane asylum a thousand dollar bet again <laughs> Where did we go from five? Oh, that's from last year. You never paid me, Matt. No. <laughs> Katie feels like hey, I bought every now. book that oh, that's purchased right. since from you. All right, you paid you paid me in other ways. Okay, fine. That, that, that sounds bad. I meant books. 
<laughs> oh my god. And tug jobs, sorry. PMI. My head hurts. It makes me really oh, nervous because I don't understand how horses feet work and why they didn't just slip down the stairs. Over. They got twice well, as many. HBO's had issues with horses before, so I'm sure it was safe. I'm pretty sure that that was not Nikolai. That was like a, a fake head. Like somebody, like they had a stunt <laughs> actor do that and then supplanted his face on there because it looked kind of weird. I would be very impressed if that was actually a Nikolai. He's a rugged outdoorsman, isn't he? Maybe. I like He's from too, Norway. But... He can do it. Isn't he from the Netherlands? Whatever, it's the same. <laughs> None of us know. No, he's from Denmark. It's they're whatever. All of countries. They're all of those up countries. <laughs> yes. Very, very high, very up. I can never uh, keep those up countries should, in, in my head in the right order. It's like, we should ask Wolfcast what what their opinion is to this uh, to this. Uh... Patrick will tell us. <laughs> he's from Denmark, right? Yeah. He's from an up country. He's, he's, he's up there. Yeah. You know, in other places. An up country. Jesus. Denmark technically part of like the mainland Europe, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, kind okay. of the Jutland Peninsula, technically. <laughs> and they're honorary Vikings. This is definitely the stupid Americans podcast. Oh, we knew that before, though. This is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, but seriously, is anyone going to tell me how horses? <laughs> Run upstairs. I don't think any of us know. I don't think I feel like I've seen I had a horse before. when I was a kid, and there were never stairs involved. To emphasize that, I just I just typed in "can horses," and the suggested things are. Oh God. I are don't want to know. Swim, vomit, eat oranges, eat celery, and have twins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet that I kind of want to know the answer to all of those. <laughs> Alright, stop the podcast. That's a G-rated version of what I thought it would come up as. I know, it's surprisingly clean, but then then there's can horses gallop, so can horses gallop on concrete, can horses gallop backwards, can horses gallop in their sleep. (laughs) I know for a fact that they cannot vomit, and that if you feed them, give them too much water, it can mess their stomachs up. Hopefully no one does that. We got that. More you know. Welcome to Equine Cash. My head hurts. Because that's what Jamie does, I guess, in the show. Jamie (laughs) does. Beautiful. Whoa. Beautiful music. (laughs) What's happening? I'm really curious. Are you what? Is this? Is that Cosmos? (laughs) What was that? (laughs) That? Star Trek. Oh, God. (laughs) What is going on? Minor technical difficulties. Matt, Matt, 